0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. Awesome, awesome. Have a seat. Have a seat if you can. Listen, we're so glad that you're here. So glad that you're here. Listen, look to someone to your right and left and say, I think today's going to be for you. I think today's going to be for you. And so, anyway, we are so glad, so excited that you are here. And so, I'm going to jump right into it. Listen, thank you for coming today. I just want you to know we're so excited, and I I know that we're talking about our grand opening. And the reason is is because we moved from Chestnut, uh, a, a church over there, to... A parking lot and we did four weeks outside in a parking lot and we finally got to get in and um, we just said we'll get it as we go we'll get it as we go so uh, we're excited uh, next week we get internet so uh, for all of you who have kids and you're wondering why are the iPads there and they're not working it is not because that we don't know how to work them Uh, that'll be next week. (laughs) Uh, uh, but this week we are, um, uh, getting the internet. And so we've just kind of been every week trying to fix one more little thing that we need. And so we feel like after next week, uh, how many of y'all like the cross outside? Come on. Is that exciting? That's good. Uh, um, and so uh, we are so excited and so blessed by what God has provided here. And so we're ready to let people know. Um, and so we wanted to have a few services in here so that we could just have some, some church talk. Just talking to people about like what is our culture, where are we going. And so we wanted to spend the first three or four weeks in the building just honoring God, and we did that. Every, one of the ways we honored it, it is every service, we gave uh, $1,000 away to another um, organization and just really spent a lot of time walking in, slow walking, and honoring God. And, and now, I feel like for the next three weeks, we're just going gonna to have a little staff meeting. And, and I, re- I realize that, listen, uh, you may be checking us out. And uh, I would think that if I was going to a church, this is probably what I would want to know. Because you can preach sometimes better than you live. And uh, we want want you to know the culture of what we're trying to produce. We never want to be a church that's hiding who we really are. We want you to know who we really are. And so we're going to start a new sermon series called Preparing for a New Season preparing for a new season. I I believe in my spirit as I begin to pray over you guys, I believe that some of you are coming into a new season. I believe our church is coming into a new season. I just want to talk to you a little bit about that. Before we do that, I want to say thank you to everybody who showed up for Serve Day. Come on, uh, give, give yourself a hand. Great job. We had over 90 people show up and say, you know what, listen, I'm going to share and care. And um, we just heard so many stories. So we did something for the first time. We had everybody come back and we began to share stories of what God did. And we had four or five stories that were just really impactful as we began to give things away, go to the uh, police, go to the fire uh, houses, begin to just love on our community. And um, there were some really awesome and just heart-touching stories that we began to meet people in the midst of their struggle. And I just want you to know that as you begin to tithe, we believe that we turn money into ministry and, and we're able to Go give um, gas cards we're able to go do some things that get the church outside of the building because we don't believe our best days are on Sunday we actually believe that this is a catalyst for you to go live great outside the building and we really want you healthy and whole enough where you're living better outside the church than in come on does that make sense <laughs> come on you can give the Lord a hand clap for that that's good um. As we talk about this new season, so I don't know if you played football, uh, but fo- everybody's getting ready for football. Football season, and so if, if you come here, I know that you are probably a Kansas City Chief fan, but, 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 but we're going to hear a lot about the Dallas Cowboys here, okay? I'm just saying, like, wise men follow the star, y'all. I'm just saying, like, we'll, we'll, I'm going I'm to take you there. And so, um, uh, but seriously, and I know some of you, like, right now, you're like, why don't you pick a team that wins? And, and just, I'm like, I just, I'm a believer, y'all. Uh, but as teams are getting ready for a new season of football, camps have started Teams are doing two-a-days. Workouts are starting. Why? The answer is preparation. You don't get to just walk into a new season and win. There's got to be, come on, listen, some preparation. Preparation has got to start now, today, for where we want to go. I believe a season is coming for all of us, and I want to make sure that we are ready when it comes. I came to talk to somebody today, prophetically, I believe that the Holy Spirit is going to stir some things, come on, in your heart and in my time of prayer, I really believe that there was going to be a new season for the people who come to this church, a new season of faith, a new season of victory, a new season of community and friendship, a new season of intentionality, a new season, come on, someone say a new season, one, two, three, A new season. Here's what the Bible tells us. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, And let us not grow weary. Everybody say weary. It's easy to grow weary. Things that are going on, things that you can't control. It's easy to get heavy by life. But the Bible encourages us and says, Do not grow weary of doing good. For in a due season, you will reap if you don't come on say it give up in other words you don't find a great marriage you build a great marriage you don't you don't find great kids, you begin to steward the seed of children. And they, you, everything in life, you have to build it. If you're a single, if you're transitioning from high school to college, you, life is not about finding your quest. It's about building your potential. Come on, somebody. And you have to know that the first gift that you were given was the seed of potential in your life. And it is your responsibility to steward over that seed if you don't quit if you don't quit we can quit on jobs we can quit on people we can quit on friendships we can quit on churches we can quit on marriages we can quit on come on like you can quit because why, why would we quit because it's the idea that we believe that it's easier if we let go we get weary Come on, how many of y'all have gotten weary of having that same argument so instead of trying to see from each other's lens, you just go into different rooms? A home that started really with a lot of laughter now has a lot of silence. And sure, we're still together, but It almost feels like someone, come on, listen, has been weary. See, I'm not trying to call you out today, but I am trying to relate to you today that the Bible would not write about weariness if there wasn't (laughs) people, come on, somebody, that would get weary. And I need you to know that. Probably you're not an anomaly that you are getting weary. Come on, has anybody over the last year been weary? Come on, somebody. Has anybody over the last week been weary? And so you are not alone. In fact, you are understood. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 1 says this. For everything there is a season. Come on, say season. And a time. For every matter under heaven. I don't know if you heard what we were just talking about, but it, not only does it says there are seasons, but it says that seasons can change. Like seasons can change. And I believe that God is getting ready to fulfill that promise. To confirm that next step. To open the door that you've been trying to. Come on, listen. Push open. And I pray right now that those old dreams, maybe you were in a church and someone prophesied over you. Maybe you were in a church and someone spoke some encouragement over you. Maybe you were in a moment and you wrote down in your journal years ago that, that God was going to do something. He began to put this fire in you. But because of frustration, because of distance, you've lost a little hope and, 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 and the fire's gone out. But here's what I want you to know is that when God put that in you, the coals and the embers are still burning, and all it needs is some fuel. Come on, hear what I'm saying. And I believe that God can put on the wood of purpose that begins to ignite that flame all over again. I'm not talking about, being, um, I'm not talking about emotionalism. I'm talking about purpose. Over the next few weeks, we're going to start a series called Preparing for a New Season we are a six-year-old church, and we are so grateful and honored that God would let us steward this. Just so that you know we care nothing about a building. We care about people. And this is just a tool that helps us mentor, disciple people. And since we've been here, we've been ministering to this neighborhood. We've been ministering to this block And we're going to continue to do so. So don't pass by a big cross and a building that looks shiny and think, oh, I know what kind of people that they are. We're the kind of people that are going to get out of this building, help impact people. And I want to talk a little bit about our new season. See, everything that has happened so far is now church history. It is part of the God story, and we love to tell it, and we would love to sit down with coffee and tell you about what God has done, because we don't want to steal any honor from God. Come on, hear what I'm saying? God has brought the people, the provision, the talent, the the, the ability. God has done it. Katie and I are not that smart. She's really smart. I lean on hers for reading. (laughs) but the truth of the matter is we didn't do this because of a scheme or a schematic but everything that has happened thus far is now history and we are turning and moving forward and believing that God has a new season and I want to challenge you personally you may have won in your last season you may have lost in your last season but I need you to prepare because I believe a new season come on is coming for you we want to see you win God created you, listen, to win. Sin destroys, kills, it steals. We want you to win spiritually, mentally, professionally, relationally, even financially. When we know that when you make the decision to commit to the Lord's game plan, winning starts happening in your life. We want to see our church win. Winning relationships, reaching out, winning souls, seeing people thrive no matter if you're in a single season, if you're in a transition season, if you're in a marriage or parenting season. In every season of life, we want to see you thrive. And ultimately, we want to see you become spiritually free. Can I say this? Winning isn't easy. It isn't. Winning is not easy. And winning is not simple. People like to make winning simple. I have a 12-year-old, and uh, uh, he likes basketball. And the other night, we played basketball, and he called out the, the, the biggest guy. We were playing all with men. He, we, he called out the biggest guy and said, you ready? I already knew how it was going to go. And so he was like, Steph, and started, and then tripped over the dude's foot and fell down. I was like, "Bruh." Here, here's my here's my point, is that what you see on TV looks really easy. What we see in professional sports. You know what I'm saying? Ocho? <laughs> like what you see, it looks super easy, but the reality is there are some decisions that have been made in order to begin to step into the field and be in position, come on, to win. And I would submit to you today that winning isn't by chance. It's not by happenstance. There has to be some decisions made, come on, in your life. Decisions to overcome. Decisions to make it through the adversities that we face on the field. My assignment today is the decision to win. John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4 verse 4 says, Little children, that's all of us, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you, come on listen, is greater, everybody say greater, greater. Than he that's in the world God when we get saved our spirit becomes alive and we begin to have a partnership with God that he begins to allow us to understand and comprehend the principles that will move us come on listen into a victorious life not a problem-free life The Bible teaches us how to win in life. Too often, we believe as believers that our winning is just when we die, we go to heaven. We don't really win until we we reach eternity. But I need you to know, house family, listen, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your eternal life started when you said, forgive me of my sins. Be the Lord of my life. Like the eternal process began to start in your life. And I want to talk to you about winning. And I'm not talking about winning people's approval. I'm not talking about winning as a position of power. Those doors are open and shut by God. And he determines that. We are talking about principles that work in your life that will help you overcome defeat, come on, listen, and win. The decision to win is not about self-help, and it's not about positive thinking. You can say all day long, I'm a winner, I'm a winner, I'm a winner, and that's, (laughs) come on somebody, that doesn't make you a winner. I say all the time, I'm a singer, I'm a singer, I'm a singer, and that happened, we believe these decisions, the choices to step all in, to go all in, giving up your life, re- releasing, come on, listen, your way, releasing your idea of how life should play out. I believe your win is connected to his way. Back in the day, I used to coach flag football for first graders okay and so i was coaching the, these uh first graders in flag football and uh, every every child on the team wanted to run the ball catch the ball make a touchdown that's all they wanted to do and so every practice we would come we would practice on tuesday and thursday coach 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 yeah <laughs> new question today no I'm gonna run it. I want to catch it. I'm gonna make a touchdown. And even though they didn't say this, there was this thought process behind their questions, and they believed in their mind, all there was to winning is just having the opportunity. Many people operate under the same idea all I need is the opportunity if my boss would just give me the opportunity if my wife would just give me the opportunity to tell my side if my husband would just give me the opportunity if my kids would just and we think well I can't win because I don't have the opportunity as we think about this we realize that if we dive a little bit deeper when we had when we won all of these young kids had to make a decision: Will I be all in, even if I don't get to score all the time? Because some people had to be on the line. Some people had to be on defense. Some people even had moments where they were on the sidelines. <laughs> One particular time, uh, we were in the middle of a game. I had a coach on the sideline. I'm in the middle of the game, and when you play uh, flag football with first graders, you actually get to have a coach on the field. And so we're we're coaching this game. And there's this one young person that begins to um, take off their clothes. Like, oh, we're doing that now. And so I was like, um, clothes stay on. It's part of the rules. Part of the game. And, and it was funny because we had to have a coach over there and his parents were over there. And we were like, actually, let's just let's stay dressed. <laughs> let's get ready for the opportunity. And uh, And here's the thing can't really dive down and think about what he was thinking, but we can not surmise that the fact that he believed at that moment he wasn't needed, and because he wasn't scoring, people weren't watching, and I wonder how many of us believe that we are in a situation where nobody sees us and we're not needed, so we're acting in a way that actually is keeping us from being active in the game. And so what this young man didn't know is I was I was looking over to call him into the game, but I had to go over there and does that make sense? I had to send a coach to get him reprepared for the game because he wasn't in a position to be activated. Come on, listen, to come play. Winning comes down to this decision. Will I surrender to the coach's game plan? Will I trust the coach enough to believe that he has my best interest? Come on, at heart. We can totally see how first graders would think this way. But I believe that God is speaking, listen, to all of us today. Are you trying to win by running your own place? Do you believe that all you need is an opportunity? Just like that. Disappointment and frustration can hit all of us. The other day, our team met a man that we were giving away some gas cards. and It was awesome that we had the time to slow down and have a conversation. And this one moment led to a 30-minute conversation. And what was discovered is this man had, had a hard road. And his hope was on life support. I wish I could tell you that in that moment, everything got better. But what I'm excited about is that there was a practical, physical moment where he was able to experience the love of God without strings attached. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I I am so grateful that we have a church that's willing to do that. My hope is that that one moment starts a new season in his life. I want to give you three decisions that I believe will change the game for you the next season. Three decisions that will need to be made. And I believe if you make them, it will change the decision. it It will change the game for you in the next season. The first is this. You ready? Come on. The first is this, you're going to have to overcome the condemnation from last season. When all of the teams, every sports radio, everybody's talking about in the NFL what people did or didn't do last season. Everybody's talking, well, and they're talking about how, what were the breakdowns in offense, what were the breakdowns in defense, what were the missteps, who didn't do what, do they really believe that they can get to the playoffs, do they really believe, come on somebody, that they can get to the Super Bowl. And this whole season of preparation for football is looking backwards and going, here's all you did wrong today if you're going to you're going to have to make the decision to decide. Listen, not to allow your own personal breakdowns and missteps to hold you back and all you're doing is replaying your past. Come on, you're going to have to let some things go. Shift your perspective and it doesn't mean that the wounds go away. It doesn't mean that the hardships disappear. We're not talking about the Disney Channel. Come on, does that make sense? Where hey, you, a little fairy thing happens and all of a sudden, oh, I feel better. Yeah, well, Some wounds don't leave, but we need to make sure that those wounds become scars and scars is an indication that the wound has healed, come on, and you are now prepared to do something else. Come on, is this good? Today, will you make the decision not to let last season's defeats cause you not to move forward? See, that's why people like... Tom Brady and that 's why people like steph and like, like that's why people like these these athletes that you know what they may throw a dime Whew. and then they throw like three interceptions and don't you love like the 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 broadcaster that's like Hey, you started out really hot, and then you really were terrible. you actually you threw five terrible passes, and we all saw it. The world saw it. It was pretty terrible. I don't even know how you can hide your head. I mean, like show your face in public. But anyway, didn't you threw a touchdown? How'd you feel about that? I wasn't really thinking about all that. Because here's what they learned. Practically, they learn how to do the next play. And so let's just talk about this spiritually we are holding a lot of junk in our heart a lot of offense and brokenness A lot of words that were spoken over us. A lot of things that have happened to us. And we are replaying them as if we need to figure out where they go. But I need you, come on, listen, to surrender and submit to the plan of God and be about the next. Come on, play. I'm not talking about how words won't hurt you. But I need you to lean into this idea that words can't stop you. Come on. Thank you. Listen. Come on, listen. Y'all a little quiet. Maybe I'm too heavy. (sighs) Revelation chapter 12, verse 10. Look at this. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser. Come on, everybody say accuser. If you read verse 9, it tells you who the accuser is. The accuser is Satan the devil check this out for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. Who accuses them day and night before God? You need to understand that the enemy is always talking about your failure. He is critical. He's always in your head. He's always around talking about, Wow, are you really a Christian? Well, you're a fake. You're this. You're that. And and, and here's what he wants to do. He does not want to see you move into spiritual maturity. He doesn't want you to walk through spiritual thresholds. Combating condemnation means that you're going to have to recognize I think four groups for you to overcome condemnation, for you to combat that. You're going to have to recognize the enemy, you're going to have to recognize the people, you're going to have to recognize the problem, and you're going to have to recognize the Savior. Let's talk about it. The enemy is always gonna lie to you. The Bible says that he is the father of lies. And if you don't recognize the lie, then you will come under the lie. The idea is that you can kinda sort it out yourself. No, you can't. You will come under a lie or you will remove it. The people. Every time you engage in a relationship with somebody, there is the opportunity that they will not understand you completely. And way too many friendships have been broken because of a... a, We look through a different lens. They're not going to get every perspective you have. They're not going to know every motive of your heart. They're not going to know everything that you did and everything you said and why you did what you did. Does that make sense? And because we all have a different background, we all came from different families, we all have different struggles. I'm just telling you, someone from a farm in the South and someone from the inner city, don't, they have two different lenses. You're not going to look through the same lens. But you can come under the same gospel. And you can, come on to hear what I'm saying. You can allow the transformation to happen in your life. Or you can always be frustrated that someone doesn't act and think, y'all not hearing me. You will always deal with people. And so you will go, that's it, I'm done. There's too much drama in the world. All my friends have issues, but you're not saying, really, I'm part of the problem. I take on every problem and I want to fix everybody. And I'm trying to go around handling every, I'm like the fireman, and all I want to do is put out every fire, and I'm exhausted and burned at the end of the day. And maybe that's not mine to take on. Maybe I don't want to be a fireman anymore. Maybe I want to be a builder. Does this make sense? But I don't know one builder that hadn't had a boo-boo thumb. <laughs> Come on. We're talking about you're gonna have to deal with people. You have to deal with problems. I don't care how saved, sanctified, full of the Lord full of the Holy Spirit you are, you are going to encounter problems. And here's what I need you to know. Problems have the potential to rob you of your joy. Come on, don't hold your homes hostage. I'll be happy when all the bills are paid. I'll be happy when... All I'm saying to you is this. There will always be problems. Problems are robbing you from joy. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? The Bible tells us that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Our joy doesn't come from easy life. Our joy comes that there is a Savior that gave us life after this one. Like it doesn't matter what we walk through. God has a room for me. He's thinking about me. There is heaven. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? And so we don't think like the world. Y'all making me work today. The Savior. The Savior wants to bring you into a new season. John chapter 3 verse 17 says, For God did not send his son. Listen to this. this, is going, this is, I'm coming for somebody today. Into the world to condemn the world. But in order that the world might be saved through him. Can we talk? Y'all good? Some, I ain't never coming back to this church. Can I just be honest? You are not called to condemn the world. The world will always act like the world. And you are in a losing battle if you feel like God has anointed you as the judge of the world. If Jesus didn't judge it. So here's the balance though. That doesn't mean that the church... Backs up and lets everybody think, whatever you want to think, do whatever you want to do. Sure, change genders. It doesn't matter. Whatever. We're going to have to wrestle with the tension that Jesus did not come to judge the world. Listen, because it's not his time to judge it. There will be a day where we will all step in front of the mercy seat and we will... and we will all give an account for the bible says every idle word that we have spoken. And so what he has given is time and grace for us to be able to shift our perspective, humble our hearts, ask for forgiveness. So come on, you hear what I'm saying? Come on. And I need our church to make sure that we don't see one person walking in and make them hold the standard that you've grown to. Condemnation. The second one is this we've got to exchange perfect scenarios for perfect principles. This is a decision we have to make. Listen, don't wait for the perfect scenario. Well, if we draft that pick and we get this and we get that, then we could be a perfect team and then we could be awesome. Well, if my husband would change that, my wife would change that, then we would, come, then we would stop fighting in the home and we would be okay. Well, if my kid didn't have this and didn't work on that. And... What? Stop looking for the perfect friend. Can I come for you for a second? you're not the perfect friend i know you feel like you are god's gift to the world you are special (laughs) you define that however you want like you do have value but you're not a perfect friend stop looking for a perfect job stop looking for the stop posting as if we're going to be the perfect family you're not you're all going to overcome you're all going to grow you're all going to cry you're all going to shift you're all going to be healed come on does that make sense so many people are denying their new season because they're waiting on perfection waiting for the perfect scenario puts you in the position of critic rather than cultivator. Each one of you You believe it or not, we're given the potential of seed in your life. And it is your responsibility to grow and mature that. And the only thing that grows and matures the seed and the potential in you is not experience. What grows it is the water of the word and the Holy Spirit begins to be poured out on the seed. And then it starts to mature and all of a sudden you start winning in a world that's frustrating. Your new season is here. Maybe it doesn't look like what you thought it would look like. Maybe God is changing what you thought would it, it would be like. Come on, what did Mike Tyson say? Uh I'm going to mess it up but he's like everybody wants to fight till they get slapped in the mouth ma- get hit in the mouth. You know? I remember I have, my, my oldest son was like, Dad, I can't wait to play football. I was like, okay. <laughs> I remember thinking that too. Got in that bull ring. <clears throat> Dad, I, I don't know. <laughs> Super easy for us to be in church. The lights are down. The music's right. I want to give Jesus my life. But after that moment... You're fixing to engage hell the rest of your life because the enemy wants to still kill and destroy every seed of life that is in you. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? We've got to realize that there aren't perfect scenarios, but there is a perfect gospel. In this new season, and maybe it didn't look like what you thought. Every, I, I do some coaching for basketball and it's like every kid thinks they can throw up a three-pointer and it just it just go in. Like, because I want it to. And I'm like, that's great. What about skill? I don't want to practice. I don't want to work on my footwork. I don't want to keep my elbow in. I don't want to keep my eyes focused. I don't want to flick my wrist at the end. I don't want to extend my arm all the way up. Like I don't want to practice. And if you get any one of those wrong, your shot's off. Here's what I'm saying: is his principles will put you in a position to win. And God's ways are perfect. I'm, I'm, I'm a new season's coming for some of you. And here's what I'm saying: it's time to get on a budget. It's time to get on a budget the Bible says a, 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 a wise man does not spend to the end of his means so here's the deal we can fight about it for the next 40 years or we can get on a budget do you want to win make a decision start tithing we have a framework class I really wanna be in a church. Well, you, if you really wanna be in a church and you really wanna be known by church and you wanna, then you have to come to church, I don't know, like, but, 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 like two or three times a year is awesome, but if you're gonna visit, then we're gonna think you're a visitor. Okay, next thing. Listen, if you want to be in, if you want to have friends, Well, I've been at the church for a year and and I really haven't developed the friends that I thought I should. And here's what I want to say. We are going to work at having responsibility to help you have friends. But I also need you to engage and take a step forward because here's the deal. It is not our job to make you happy. It is our job to provide an opportunity so that you can meet someone. So we need to be available and you need to send a text. Come on. I know it's not a perfect scenario. Drive your kids to youth group every Wednesday night. I would, but I'm tired, and we don't have any food, and I'm just telling you. So all I'm telling you is I get it. There's not a perfect scenario here. Come on, does that make sense? There's not a perfect life group. There's not something that interests you. You've already done all that. I get it, but I am telling you, you can go through the pain uh, and the frustration of driving 30 extra minutes, but it probably will save you over here at 25. When they're 25 years old, there's no guarantees But I'm just saying to you that if you want to win, it starts with a decision. Don't wait for perfect scenarios. Look at this verse. Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 8 through 10. And you may read this and be like, I don't understand this at all. But listen to this. He who digs a pit will fall into it. um, And a serpent will bite him who breaks through the wall. He's talking about grabbing the dirt. He who quarries stones is hurt by them. He who splits logs is endangered by them. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps him succeed. Some of you are like, wow, it's a great verse. I have no idea what he's talking about. Here's the point. This verse tells us that with everything that you do, everything has some pain in it. There is nothing that you will do. All of these are careers. And if you're going to do this, you're going to experience a little bit of this. If you're going to do this, come on, somebody, you're going to experience a little bit of this. Like there's nothing that you do that won't have a little pain associated with it. Come on, there's marriage pain. There's parenting pain. There's career pain. There's friendship pain. There's church pain. But if we choose to be wise and follow God's principles, then we can avoid some of the unnecessary pain. It's a decision to choose God's principles even when the scenarios are not perfect. Here's my third one. Talking about making decisions. We've got to choose unbreakable commitment over pleasure. Winning isn't automatic. It's a process and we all have to Listen, we all love the feeling of scoring and the crowd going wild. (laughs) Who doesn't want that? But if we're not careful, our love for the game will be based on feelings rather than choices. In this new season, I believe that some people are going to make, come on, listen, some courageous choices. Courageous choices. No longer is it just about pleasure, but it's about purpose. Many times our seasons change, and you're going to have to embrace the unpleasant parts of life. There are some unpleasant parts. You know what I'm saying? You think about it. Every football person, every player has to embrace the unpleasant parts. That means they show up on the hot days, the rainy days, the long days, the unfair days, the days when they weren't their best. This is what God is asking you to do. Will you embrace the unpleasantness in order to step into the end zone? What is the unpleasantness that you've been avoiding? Come on, listen. In your career, in your family, With your own mental health like what have you just been toying with but not really making a decision on and you've been waiting for the right feelings and you've been waiting for the perfect scenario but God is like it's time for an unbreakable commitment in this new season I want to see people walk through spiritual thresholds That doorway that you walked in is a threshold. And I want to see people walk into more. And there's a reason why they don't. And I want to be very clear. Our goal is to help people know the Father. And in a world full of daddy issues and broken families, I want to encourage and break down what a good father looks like so that we can have a church that prays Not just agree with prayer, but feel like God is absent. So we're going to talk to you about knowing, like we want you to know the Father. We want you to be able to sit in his presence. Come on, we want him to be able to minister to your life. And we want him to speak the good things over you that he has for you. We also want you to accept forgiveness. Why? And that sounds very abrasive because you're like, uh, what? I'll give it, but you want me to accept it? You'll never be able to give it unless you accept it. The Bible says that we only give what we have, and if you've not accepted it, you can't give it. We want you to live free, and this is, listen, living free is not a class, it's a lifestyle. We want you to begin to get whole and healthy and spiritually. We want you to be able to, to, to thrive, not just survive. And we believe that if you do all three of these, here's what's going to happen. Purpose is going to be fueled in your life and you're going to start having a burden. I love this because here's what's going to happen. You're going to move from being the burden and carrying the burden to having a missional component that is a burden for other people. That's what we want for you. And so let me just break this down. Ben, y'all can go ahead and come out. For us to do this, this process, there will be a shallow end and a deep end in this church. When when my kids were young, uh, uh, well, Katie, my wife, she's not here today. She's dropping our kids off at summer camp. But, um, she even as an adult doesn't like swimming. She doesn't like water in her face. I'm sure she loves that. I'm telling you that. Uh, but uh, she doesn't like she doesn't like swimming, and. And so we talked about it one day, like, why don't you want like swimming? And she was like, well, I don't really feel like I, I, I do it right, and uh, I never had swimming lessons as a child, and whatever. And so I, we, we had our first child, and I was like, hey, they need to learn how to swim. She's like, absolutely. And I was like, great, just throw them in. And she was like, what? And I was like, I'm in the water, just throw them in. We're going to figure this thing out. And she's like, no. And, and I was like, "Why?" And so we started talking about this whole idea, and uh, and uh, she was like, "We're gonna get them swimming lessons for a long time." And I was like, "Well, how much is that gonna cost?" <laughs> I'm like, "Just throw them in here the bed." But she's like, "This, you're not in charge of this area." I was like, "Do it yourself then." And so we did three and four years of swimming lessons. And here's my point. I would hate it for someone to walk in and think, do I have to be like everybody here to stay? Do I have to believe everything they believe right now? Or will someone sit down and answer some questions? can Can I be here long enough to observe and see if your guys are fake or real? Can I see you in different places and realize, do you do you do an excellent Sunday but you do a terrible Monday see here's what I'm asking you guys to do I'm asking you guys to in this new season for us to realize that everybody has a background and everybody's starting from somewhere and everybody's coming and we're not going to make people jump into the deep end and be scared they're going to drown some people can go there and some people just need to like ooh, that was cold come on And some of you in here, you're cannonball people. I love you. You're like, and some of you, come on, like you're you're easy. You're like one step, walk around, walk around, walk around. Everybody's done swimming by the time you get in. We get it, but we're going to be that kind of church. Here's what I'm asking you to do. Church has not changed. People are wondering, can I fit here? And people are wondering, who wants to be my friend? And we're going to give love. Listen, not condemnation. We're going to give love. So as we get older, so here's what happens, is as a church gets older, they usually get introspective. And I don't need any of our mature believers measuring how long people's skirts are. I don't need all of our believers come on hear what I'm saying looking and seeing that someone has blue hair do you need prayer come on we're going to have to give love and we don't leave a service without telling someone, I'm glad you came today. It's taken me three years to be where I'm at. It will take you three years. Your win isn't my win. My win may be I'm here and your win may be coming to church three Sundays in a row. And we've gotta have enough room, come on, in our church for people to come in. We've gotta teach truth. Truth is not a weapon that stabs. It's a tool that cuts off bondage from around people's neck. And Jesus didn't come to condemn the world. We're not going to hide truth. But we're also not going to stab everybody that comes in. We believe in process and time and God and anointing and moments. Come on. And we don't have to do everything in one service. We need people to build relationships here we need you, mature believers listen, if you've been affected by our church, then now it is your season to take people to coffee, to go buy a meal, to make a play date, to lead a life group, to invite somebody in, listen everyone needs a friend, everybody needs someone to process with on a hard day and what better person that would be sympathetic and compassionate about where they're at, but would lead them to truth. We need you to step up and do it. The last thing is this. Thank y'all. I know this was long. It's not usually this long. Well, maybe sometime. <laughs> I'm not going to be here next week. My man's going to preach. I'm, let my, my, my kids go to summer camp. And so me and my wife are doing seven days by ourselves. Come on. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry about that. We need to make room for the anointing. We're going to love people. We're going to teach truth over time. But we... We're going to have to have anointing. Like it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. And I don't want to have a church. Listen. That 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 we're all observing. But no one's ever praying. And there is no moments. And here's what that means. That means that you're going to have to be the people that open up your home. And sit in a living room. And talk about concepts. And listen to stories. And at the end put your hands on someone. And pray for them. And believe them. Because we cannot do every spiritual work on Sunday morning in an hour and 30 minutes or an hour and 20 minutes. But it is the anointing that sets people free. Where someone lays their hand on someone and and we believe that spiritually bondages are removed and oppressions, demonic oppression, all of that stuff comes off. And I'm just telling you, if we don't make room for the anointing, then we will grow a church that's religious. And we will think that we built this church because we're all good, but none of us are good. Here's my end. The Dallas Cowboys aren't thinking about last season. They're thinking about the next season. They are thinking about how to win in this next season. And for all of us to win in the next season, it will come down to you Making a decision and I believe there are some people here today, come on that you need to make a decision to forgive you need to make a decision to let that offense go you're angry all the time you're highly defensive you, you believe it's everybody else come on, I believe God's speaking to you but I need you to know that everybody that you care about wants to win in this next season if you will let that go and God is asking you to make a decision turn from sin surrender your life to Jesus and I can't promise you it's going to be easy but I can promise you it's better over there than it is right here come on does that make sense so here is my question that I want you to think about. And then we're just going to sit and I want them to sing the song over you. Here is the question. What decision is God asking me to make today in order to win? What decision is God asking you to make today in order to win? Come on. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.